When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, and if this is your first Geekscape, we talk pop culture, uh, storytelling, and the worlds of like movies, video games, comics, and this is the granddaddy of them all. This is our San Diego Comic Con 2018 special, and I just want to let you guys know uh, where I'm at uh, after San Diego Comic Con. Um, this was not my year. Um, we did really well as far as Geekscape's concerned. A lot of people excited about the brand. We premiered our new T-shirts. We, I think, we made more money than we ever did, um, and people were excited about our film projects and about what the brand was about. And pe- we made new friends, met up with old ones. But um, you know what? We, we're going to start right off with it. Um, I, uh, this episode is going to be me sitting down with people in our Geekscape booth, and we start off with Maddox, who's our booth neighbor. And I'll just come out and say it: the death of John Schnepp uh, really affected. Everyone um, in all our whole group of friends. That I mean, I met John in at San Diego Comic Con on a Comics on Comics panel years ago. He's been on Geekscape many times, um, and not having him there this week, you could feel it. It was just a, a sense of malaise going over the entire uh, convention, and I was angry and sad and upset and. Uh, beyond just the stress of being at Comic-Con and having to be on the entire week and having to perform and meet people and be happy and excited, I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, <laughs> which stinks, you know, because that's, that's when you're supposed to be doing it. And it, it's a fun event. Um, but in a week that was supposed to be the most social and outgoing, I just wanted to be by myself. And it didn't happen. And I would like a refund on my Comic-Con 2018. No fault to the people who helped me out. People like Matt Kelly, who ran the booth. Derek Cranevelt, who was posting articles left and right. We had Shane and Courtney there. And Guy was helping. And Heidi and I launched a Seed and Spark campaign for our campaign. You'll be t- uh, hearing from her later on in the episode. <sighs> but man, what can you say? Um, John was amazing. And uh, we miss him. And Comic-Con very, very, very much was not the same without him. Uh, But if this is your first Geekscape, you don't know any better. (laughs) Uh, This is kind of what you signed up for. Maybe go back and listen to some episodes and then come back and see how we spent our 2018 Comic-Con, which had some great moments. Just really cool signings, 
uh, it was a lot of fun. And I want to thank people for it uh, along the way. So um, thank you to everybody who signed. Thank you to the team for helping me out. Um, and you know what? Thanks to my partner in Geekscape, George, for helping get all the t-shirts and the posters and everything ready. Because on the surface, this was our best year. Internally, I just wasn't there. Uh, but you know what, Geekscape us? That's not going to stop us from uh, having a good time. And this episode, uh, we sit down with some new friends and old friends, and we talk San Diego Comic-Con. So... Here we are. We're going to start it off with Maddox talking about John Schnepp. And if you don't know the man, um, go online and find as many videos as you can. Some of them are ours. And listen to this conversation with Maddox and um, and celebrate the man. And if you can, go to the uh, GoFundMe campaign. Go to GoFundMe, search for John Schnepp. You'll find the campaign and donate. Because John was awesome and he was one of our biggest fans and he was a geekscapist, um, and we miss him. So let's dedicate this episode to him, the San Diego Comic-Con 2018 Spectacular. Here it is. Hey, Geekscapist, welcome to the Comic-Con 2018 Geekscape booth special. This is uh, the this is our Comic-Con special that we, we do every year here at the Geekscape booth, um, where everybody who comes by the booth Gets a little bit of a recording. We got people who've done signings here. We've got a bunch of other people, and here we've got our booth neighbor. So Geekscape is if you haven't made it to visit us at Comic Con for the last nine years, uh, maybe ten, uh, you won't know that our neighbor is Maddox, uh, who's a very kind man, much kinder than the internet makes him makes you believe. Those are, those are lies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, every year, uh, at least for the last couple years, we've had you as our neighbor. Yeah. Um, and um, this year feels totally different. It does, for a number of reasons, but one big one, which is our good friend John Schnepp has unfortunately passed away. And he was the guy that I was splitting my booth with uh, and someone I met at Comic-Con years and years ago because he was my booth neighbor. And then he hit me up one year and was like, hey, man, let's uh, do something together. Yeah. And uh, I said, what? And he said, you know, anything. And uh, we decided to start with uh, doing Comic-Con stuff and became really good friends that way. And everybody, I just am blown away by how many people he, he touched in his life. Mm-hmm. But uh, his presence is definitely missing this Comic-Con. Right. Um, um, I, met Matt, I, I, I met John at Comic-Con as well. We were on a Comics on Comics panel together. And um, I was like, this guy is super loud and super opinionated and super fucking funny. Um, I like him. He's pissing people off, and yeah. I like him. Yeah. And we became friends back in L.A., and I, I just feel like every Comic-Con, I'd sit here and he'd sit at either your booth or the booth next to your booth, and we'd look down the aisle at each other and make stupid faces. Yep. And then John went into the hospital about a week plus ago, a little over a week ago. A week and a half ago, yeah. And it was such a rapid just deterioration of his... Set, it, like, it, what, it, how did it go? Yeah, it was insane. Um, you know, I, 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 not to reveal too many personal, sure. you know, private details, but uh, I'll just say what's publicly known is that he had a stroke, and uh, due to complications of the stroke, everything deteriorated. But when he first went into the hospital, that's not what anyone thought, because they, you know, Holly, his uh, longtime girlfriend and fiance, even posted 
a picture of John, a couple pictures of John from the hospital. And she said, hey guys, pray for John, you know, good thoughts. We don't know what's wrong, but he doesn't feel well. And he, she posted a picture of him with some uh, kittens. And he posted a picture of, uh, of it, excuse me. He posted a picture of John with some kittens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, John in the hospital bed, you know, he didn't look well, but he didn't look, you know, like anything catastrophic was going to happen. So when all of this kind of deteriorated, it caught so many people off guard. It caught us all by surprise. Yeah, I was leaving messages being like, hey man, sorry you're gonna miss Comic-Con this year, but you're like a major presence in our aisle. Like the aisle is like a little bit of a family. Yeah. You know, we've got this booth and then the two booths next door. It's like really, it's it's, it's our, I don't know the guys on the other end. I know, I know they've given John that booth a few times, but your booth is right there. John's always a presence there. But but this whole this whole aisle, we all know each other. Yeah. And not having John here, the energy's been out, and I feel like I want a refund on my Comic Con. Not to spoil the Geekscape special as it starts, but this Comic Con has felt it's felt like uh, it, it's had it's been covered by this level of malaise. Yeah. And, and it's just been sad. Like Friday night, I just freaked out. And I went out and I ate by myself. Didn't want to be around anybody. Yeah. Like I just like blew a bunch of John stories on Twitter because I was just freaking out. I didn't, um, I didn't feel, this doesn't feel like a normal Comic-Con. It doesn't, it hasn't felt fun to me. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it has not felt crazy and fun and, and like in like the, the constant week-long party that it usually has. Right. I went out to as many of the parties as I usually do trying to go through the motions, but I felt really sad at all those places. And, I, and the reason I do that, especially in times of grieving and mourning, is to try to get myself out of that, to, to try to distract myself from the tragedy and, and the, 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 the immense sense of loss. And like, what would John want you to do? John would have wanted everyone to go, go out and party and come to Comic-Con as much as possible. I've been wearing his badge all week. Right, you got it um, on now. I've got it on now, and that's the badge that John's supposed to be wearing. I, I can't literally a, a week before he went to the hospital. I sent him an email with his badge number. I said, "Here you go, man. Uh, see you there," and everything seemed fine. Mm-hmm. And even to the even as of like a week and a half ago, I was telling people on my podcast, "Come to my booth. John will be there." And and people are saying, oh, he just, met, you know, he's gonna be, he's in the hospital. I said, yeah, but he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming. And for those who don't know, I mean, he's just an incredible talent who's worked on Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, Adventure Brothers, and uh, uh, Metalocalypse. Created all the, uh, designed all the characters. He worked on the first season of Upright Citizens Brigade, the TV show. Uh, he did the Death of Superman Lives. He worked with Kevin Smith. He's just a well-respected, well-honored. He's the first person interviewed in Comic Con the movie. Really? Do you remember when, um, who's the documentarian who did uh, Super Size Me? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Morgan Spurlock. Morgan Spurlock. He yeah. did Comic-Con the movie a few years ago, and the first shot is John explaining Comic-Con. Like, the guy is synonymous with this entire culture. Yes. Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, shouted him out the other day, was like, this is really sad. I never got to meet him, but I was familiar with his Collider.com stuff, and, uh, and, and it's really sad that I never got a chance to, talk, to discuss him, even... He was very opinionated and informed, even when things didn't go my way in his reviews. Yeah. And that's what John was. Geekscapist, if you're a longtime Geekscapist, you totally know who John is because he's been on the show multiple times. Yeah. Um, and I always expected him to be there, to yeah. be on the show and to promote his stuff. 
because he was so prolific and as much as I loved him as a host, I always saw him as a creator, as somebody who just like was making stuff, which was what I respected him the most as, as somebody who just had this intense, non-stop ability to just make things and be prolific. And I wrote it myself on, on Twitter. I was like, the guy was always down. He was always the person who's like, where's that, where's that script that you were going to write? Where's that movie you were going to shoot? Yeah. Where's that project that you got me excited yep. about? He was always everybody's biggest fan. He was so damn enthusiastic. He really was. And that's how, the first time I met John, he wanted to take a picture with me. And I was, and I was like, holy shit. The guy who created Metalocalypse is a fan of mine. No fucking way. I was blown away. And I'm like, can I, can I also take a picture with you? And it, yeah. we, we had this like weird mutual like respect and, and uh, you know love of each other and uh, and we became really good friends over the years uh, because of um, you know boothing with each other and just spending you know at Comic-Con you spend 8 to 12 hours a day with the person in your booth and you just start to talk yeah. and you get to know each other and I drove him home last year uh, from Comic Con, we stopped and got Mexican food, which is the thing I always like to do at Com- after Comic Con, and uh, just hung out, and, and it was so nice listening to him. I mean, he that guy has such enthusiasm about pop culture and, and uh, uh, you know the comic comic culture and uh, you know everything, movies, and uh, he just man, he's a uh, he's really gonna be missed. In last night, we uh, had a bit of a get together at the at the Hyatt. Yeah, and and I expected to know pretty much. I was like, okay, so and so will be there, and so and so will be there because we're we're doing a uh, trip. You know, we're all getting together to share one last drink in John's name, right? And because we we're not in Los Angeles, we can't we can't be there, right? And uh, and and every time I expected to know everybody who's going to be in the room, more people we knew would show up and it, it just it seemed like his circle of influence yep. was so much larger than we expected it to be and people we hadn't seen in 10 years are walking in that we didn't know new John and we're like oh he must have actually known everyone yes and and what I also noticed is the incredible diversity in the social circles that he was in mm-hmm. because I had friends that I recognized there from Cos- the cosplay world or and the, some the from role playing. yeah for some from like role playing some of them actors some of them musicians uh, you know people who are, who are artists people in animation storytellers uh, he's touched so many lives and so many creative people have been influenced by him and we're all lucky and, and better to have known John uh, and Holly uh, I gotta say how amazing Holly is Holly's just an amazing amazing person uh, so kind John and Holly took a uh, took me out last year for an 80s concert and I was I was blown away that they were like yeah we just have some extra tickets and I said can I pay you because these can't be cheap tickets there was like a huge it was a huge concert They're like no man you're just coming with us I'm like you just Great. gotta have fun yeah the requirement is fun he took us out and we had a really good time and it was one of the you know I really needed it after Comic Con and everything it was just a nice way to decompress and hang out and I met uh, some of Holly's friends, and they're just really good people. And uh, enjoy just having a nice night out, you know? It's just good, decent people. I feel like he's always been that way. Uh, Vito Lapicola, who hosts Comics on Comics, I was talking to him last night, and he said that he realized that 
when he used to live in Chicago, John used to live in Chicago. They both used to live in Chicago, and Vito and John realized at the same time that Vito had gone to John's party that he threw in 1989. Wow. In a uh, I think he lived in a building called the Roosevelt or something. Yeah. And they were going to demolish it. And everybody had to move out. So John threw one last party. And the story that Vito told last night was that they were going to demolish the, the place anyway. So everybody got sledgehammers. Huh. And were smashing things. And Nine Inch Nails was playing in one room. And Ministry was playing in another room. Before they were what? famous. But they had he, he knew those bands. And he had them playing this party. People are smashing shit. He's at the, I'll never forget this party. At one point, they take a sofa and they throw it out of the apartment and it falls down and it smashes a car, like it demolishes a car on the street and it, the cops come and everybody just starts running out of the apartment building like a kicked anthill and they're running through the streets of Chicago holding sledgehammers and, it, and Beto's like, I'll never forget that party and it turned out it was John's party. That he threw that fucking party in oh 1989. That's amazing. Like, we're just like, oh man. So he's always just been some kind of a wild man. What a badass. Yeah, and he and Holly made an amazing movie, and they had that, uh, you know, they had some unfinished projects. Yeah. And Kevin Smith last night yep. at his panel said, like, I'm going to do what I can to see some of those projects come to the light of day. And I talked to other people who are like, some of John's unfinished projects. We're going to take it upon ourselves to try and finish them. Yeah. We, obviously, with Holly's permission and this and that. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, and I'm sure uh, she would she would be honored to carry on the torch and legacy uh, because Holly's also a creative person. Mm-hmm. Holly makes some. Uh, she's been selling these amazing custom tailored uh, jackets and suit. Co- there was one I really wanted to buy, but I I uh, didn't have the funds at the time. But it was a space ghost. It was like a green. Uh, I think it was a green felt space ghost jacket. Mm-hmm. And it looked so cool, and it had the embroidered, uh, embroidered uh, Space Ghost logo on it. What? It's one of a kind. It's like, fucking awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah you're gonna amazing have to... stuff. Uh, I can tell a story, an, an anecdote of uh, one of the last times John and I hung out um, just a couple months ago. We got coffee and talking about Comic Con stuff, and you know, figuring, figuring, you know, planning and checking in and everything. Which I didn't think you'd do because sometimes you just roll up here on the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Your booth stays empty for two days before you roll up in here. Yeah, that is correct. And we turn your booth into a dance area. Yeah, that is correct. Guilty as charged, and it does look very half-assed. This is the most put together it looks, I think. But uh, in spite of my planning, it still looks half-assed. <laughs> and so you had a planning meeting. That's that the is thing. News to me. That's the thing about me is I try really hard, and it still looks like shit. I'm trying. This is like everyone thinks. Oh, Maddox doesn't care. I'm like, no, I care. I'm, this is the best I can do. I, yeah, I know it's hanging by twine and it's crooked. That's that's what I do. Right. Uh, so, so, so John and I are sitting down talking at this coffee shop, and he brings his like styrofoam box, and he's like really excited about it. And I'm like, yeah, what's in the box? He goes, <laughs> Vincent Price's head. I'm like, what? And he goes, I got Vincent Price's death mask. And I'm like, really? What he the said, fuck? Uh, yeah, he's like, do you know what a death mask is? I'm like, no. He goes, they, they cast your face. I, I hadn't heard of this. And he said, Vincent Price made two of them, and he's got one of them. And he said he just found it on Craigslist. Some guy was selling it, and he's like, yeah, I'll buy Vincent Price. They take a mold of your face when you die. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. So, so he's got one. And he said, do you want to see it? I'm like, yeah. So he opened up the box, and sure enough, there's, like, fucking Vincent Price's head staring at me. <laughs> and it was eerie as fuck, because you could see his, like, skin pores, like, details. Sure. Of his, it's super, it's super detailed, really creepy. And, and uh, John, John has it, so... 
Wow. Uh, and he was so excited. Uh, and I was like, wow, what a weird thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, well, he's going to be Miss Geekscape, so I'm really sorry. Uh, it had been uh, a couple years since John had been on the podcast. Uh, again, it was always one of those things where I was like, yeah, John kind of had an open door with the podcast. And, and I think we just kind of took for granted that he would always be there. He's an authentic dude. He cared about everybody he met and talked to. Uh, and he also wasn't afraid to call out bullshit. Total. I love that totally. guy. I love that. He gave me confidence, John. He's yeah. an amazing person, an amazing talent, and he'll be sorely missed. Yeah. If you got lazy with your ideas and your passions as a creator, he would yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? He did it as a place of, uh, of love and as a fan you can of tell, you. you. You can tell a genuine creator, too, because... They're not afraid to move on from their other projects. John has worked and worked and worked, and he's touched so many different projects. He's worked on so many different things, and he's not married to any of them in particular. He just likes to create, and that's what creators do. They're always making something, Mm -hmm. and that was John in a nutshell. Well, Geekscape is sorry to uh, start the Geekscape Comic Con 2018 special with... uh, Let's call it a tribute, so we don't bum you guys out. Absolutely a tribute. Uh, Maddox, you got a new book out. Yes. To, to where can we find it? It's called Fuck Whales. Uh, okay. <laughs> moving on from the just very to, touching just tribute. To, just, to briefly, <laughs> just to briefly plug yeah. your book before we, uh, we move on. Uh, uh, you know, don't, don't read it. Don't read it. I always tell it. people, people have been coming by my booth, they say, what's it about? I'm like, ah. Just be bitching about stuff. It's going to put you in a bad mood. You know what? Okay. Do, tell you what. Don't read it. <laughs> but, but, but do check out Maddox at your website. Yep. It's uh, the best page in the universe, and the podcast is the best debate in the universe. It's a debate podcast, and we've also been very fortunate to have John on it. A great guy. Uh, just so much fun to have. I love that dude. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Dude, awesome. I'll see you next year. Thanks, brother. Hey, Geekscapists. We're here at the Geekscape booth with two of our frequent signees, I got Andy Nordville, and I, you know what, Don? It's Nguyen. Nguyen, yeah. Nguyen, yeah. Nguyen. Um, dude, people sometimes say Nguyen, but you're oh, like, no. Really, Nguyen? Yes. Um, but but I but here, here, you time. literally like just switch it back and forth whenever you guys want to talk. Okay. Okay. It's got to be like right in front of your mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So you guys are uh, doing your. Tell me about this book you guys have been signing because we've had you guys three times at the booth signing your book. And Don is doing like concept artwork for Hear the Prophecy, which is how we met. I was like, hey man, I love your art. Do you want to do some concept art for Hear the Prophecy? And he's like, sure, sounds cool. And we're, we're enthused about it because the concept art is awesome. I've been sharing some of it now on Facebook and Instagram, but holding on to most of it. But now you guys, but you told me about your book and tell me about it because it sounds like it came out of a weird origin. It started one year ago at uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2017. Uh, there was an event where artists network with writers, and that's uh-huh. where I met Don. I pitched him a comic book. He liked it, but he was a busy guy, which is a frequent problem with talented artists. Yeah. So I said, hey, how about Inktober? Inktober is this... Inktober, yeah. Inktober, yeah. It's a hashtag. They release 31 prompts, usually for drawings, but we decided to make it more difficult. 31 days, 31 chapters, 31 illustrations, and now we have our book, Siren Song. It's called Siren Song? Yes, it's called it, Siren Song. So it's got 31 pictures in it, yes, 31 and those 31 pictures have like little... little how would you little captions, little stories, like like really short stories that you wrote? 
in no, the it's actually one entire cohesive story. Uh, what happened was... But how did you stick to the Inktober prompts? Because Inktober has a different prompt for each day. Yes. And they're pretty, like, scatological. They're pretty various, right? Yeah, they're very diverse. But we... Jake Parker, who created Inktober, uh-huh. uh, he released the list right before October started. And I took a look at the list and I said, Hey, Andy, this looks like it could be nautical, maybe a pirate story. Could you run with that? And I could. I mean, who can't run with a pirate story? And um, we looked it over at the beginning, but then afterwards, I purposely stayed away from looking at the prompts. So every new chapter was definitely a discovery for me. So there's some good twists and turns. Oh, so you challenged yourself to wrap your head around the prompt freshly. Absolutely. I mean, the last week I did look ahead a little bit because I knew I had to wind this stuff up. Right. And then there was a day where I was doing a show install at UCLA, so he had to cheat that day before. I think there was a day where... He had to do two in one day uh, to yeah, stay on schedule. Yeah, yeah, to stay on schedule. He, he had to do one at the very end of the day to let me know what it was the next morning because I, when I took my lunch break, I had to start laying it out. I think there were a few where I hadn't finished writing it, but I had to tell you kind of what I thought was going on. Like, I'm like, okay, can you do cattle falling from the sky? And thank goodness he could. And so you guys had an entire book in 31 days. Yes. Yes. Was it too aggressive? Was it cool? Like, what, what do you, I mean, would you do it again, really, is the question. It, it, was, it was the perfect length. I mean, um, especially, I don't know about you, but a lot of creators, especially me, that whole balancing your work and your life is a constant struggle. It's nice just to sort of for one month say, you know, screw it. This month I'm just writing. That's all I'm holding myself accountable for. And you have a finish line. Like you exactly. can see the finish line coming. Yeah, absolutely. Every day was a deadline and that really, really helped. Yeah, I think it forces you to put your game face on and just to the grind so just get to work. And it was fantastic. And I totally would do it again, especially if it's Andy. Uh, every day, you know, I was reading chapters and it just held a surprise. I couldn't believe he took it every day and made a cohesive story out of it. And it makes sense. And it's a really beautiful story. It's filled with fantasy, pirates, adventure, mythology. There's a little bit of horror in there and some zombie action going on. You would not believe this story. It's insane. Where can we find it? You can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. The easiest way to do it is to type in Andy's last name. So look up Andy, A-N-D-Y, Nordval, which is N-O-R-D-V-A-L-L. And that's a Siren's song, Geekscapist. And um, you do it again. What, What is amazing to me is that you guys met in July, and by October, like, didn't just blow each other off. No. You guys weren't just like, yeah, whatever. Like yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to do this with this guy, or you know what I mean. Like you guys yeah. already forged enough of a, a working relationship, at least, to respect each other enough to really dedicate to a project that sometimes it's hard to do with people you've known ten years. You know what? That's really a credit to the program that is done by Doug Neff and Corey Rothermel. They do the Comics Creator Connection Panel, and right off the bat, at the very end, they tell you. Pick three people that you know you're going to be in touch with right away. Contact those people, and you got to make the promise to try to reach everybody on that list and contact them back. And when Andy pitched me his initial story, I mean, it blew my mind, and I felt like we just jived right away. And I was like, that's a guy I have to work with, even if it's not this project. And I told Andy, I was like, if I'm not the guy who draws 
this particular project, which is called Unity Force. I want to work with you. I want to come back and I want to do something. And actually, we're in talks right now to do another project. Hopefully, we're looking to do it for webtoons or even to pitch it to like Alterna or another company. Yeah. Um, the, the, the program, all props to, to Corey and uh, Doug. Also, just though, having the October thing, I think, because it's so easy to procrastinate, you know, say, well, I got a lot of stuff, yeah. my plate is clear, then I'll work on stuff. The great thing about October is, like, you know, you, you have to let go of the myth of the clean plate. Yeah, you know, it's a real credit to Jake Parker and the hashtag that he started, and we want to give him credit and thank him once again for giving us permission to use his logo and his uh, October project as uh, a way for us to represent our work, but not only that, but to represent his hashtag. And I hope we did him proud. Um, because the book does say, say an Inktober project. Yes. Um, is Unity Force still going forward, Andy? Uh, hey, I met some really good artists here. I'm going to be following up with a bunch of them. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll wait till I have a clean plate, though. You know, I just want to clear stuff off, you know? Yeah. And then, absolutely, 100%. Check, check him after Force. the 31st. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> check him after the 31st. Maybe we'll be good to go after that. Yeah, um, we got lots of stuff going on though. We're, we're, there's a comic book strip we're talking about, and um, actually, two years ago, I met another artist and I do a web comic. My roommate, the Internet. Uh, and the great thing about that, when I met Donna, when I met my other artist, Alex, none of these ideas existed. You know, but that's it's part of collaboration. You know, if it turns out exactly what you thought it was going to be, it's not a real collaboration. You know, the great thing about meeting artists is you wind up doing stuff that you never would have even imagined doing. Yeah, it enhances your, your voice quite a bit. It enhances your voice. It's like, oh, that's a perspective I didn't have before. Absolutely. When well, done right. <laughs> well, the yeah. great thing, I mean, you know Don's really good at concept art. The, the great thing about these sketches is every day I would get this new piece of concept art, and it really, you know, inspired me to, to give him something new to, mm -hmm. to chew on. Good luck. It, like, he threw the ball in your court and was like, step up, pal. Yeah, you know, it really was that, but it, it was also just a challenge back and forth because there were things that I threw in, and I don't think Andy thought about it before. Because right off the bat, we were talking about doing pirates, but I was like, well, I don't want to just do straight up pirates. And the first prompt was the word ship, I believe, or ships. And I was like, well, ship with a P, Geekscape, as well. Yeah, P. Swift, I think, was the first Swift. prompt. Yeah. Because we named our ship the Swift. Yeah, and so I was like, well, I'm going to make this pirate ship, but I'm going to put a jet engine on its mast. And I said to Andy, I don't think he was expecting that. I was not, but hey, I guess it's swift, you know? It, it, it fits the prompt. Yeah. Um, Geeks gave us, again, you can, go to, you can go to Amazon and look for Siren's song or look for Andy Nordvold's artwork, N-O-R-D-V-A-L-L. -L. His, his work is what Don says will pop up first in Amazon. Um, there are a lot of new ones. There no, are, we're there very are a lot. common. Uh, and then you guys also have, like, the Instagram, Andy. You've got Internet Roommate. Um, you have Andy Nordvold. Um, and then if you want to see some of Don's art on Twitter or Instagram, it's Nguyen Winning it. Winning it. Winning it. So winning it's my it. last name, N-G-U-Y-E-N, then I-N-G-I-T, winning it. There you go, Geekscape. So hopefully they'll have a new book here next year to sign at the Geekscape booth. Yes. That's a little challenge for both of you. All right. We're going to step up to that, Josh. Thank you so much for hosting us. Dude, of course. Having us at the booth. I hope we repped you guys well. Yeah. And uh, did Inktober proud. And the Comic Creator Connection panel. Yeah, amazing Comic-Con 2018. Now, yeah, time to get ready for uh, 2019, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you get one day of rest, then back to it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, Geekscapists, I'm sitting here with Miss Heidi Cox, who had a signing 
here at the Geekscape booth earlier this week. Um, where do we even begin? There's so much going on here at Comic Con um, 2018. Well, it's your show. Wherever you want to. My begin. show. Uh, well, let's talk about what we're launching. We're launching a Seed and Spark. We launched at Geekscapist. Uh, wake up, Geekscapist! We launched a Seed and Spark campaign for a Stark and Lavar short film. Uh, it, you should be able to find it fairly easily if you follow any of us on social media, on Twitter, or on Instagram, or on Facebook, or at Geekscape.net. We have uh, this short that we want to make, and Heidi has been promoting it all week. Um, and we've been promoting it here at the booth with uh, activities and giveaways and a mailing list and all sorts of stuff. But basically, we're making a short film. We're trying to raise funds. We co-wrote the script. We co-wrote the script. Jonathan uh, had pitched an idea. Not in love with that microphone. Do you want me to just hold it up? I kind of want you to do this. Uh Should we start over? No, no, no. We're not going to start over. You're going to hold it like here. Like that. Like that? Yeah, and then you're going to hold it like that. Like that. Yeah. Hello. Now you sound super crisp. Tell me what you were about to tell me. Um, that you pitched the idea to me. I have the web series. Um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. It was pretty exhausting to I make. Said, F the web series. We're making a short. It's it's pretty exhausting to make several episodes, um, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that again. So uh, Jonathan was like, "Why don't you make a short film?" And then, you know, I wrote how many drafts of the script? Probably eighteen. Not not eighteen. Several drafts of the script before Jonathan like hit me back with a different one. Have you have you read it yet? No. Have you read it yet? No. Have you read it? I finally read it and was like, oh, we gotta do something about this. (laughs) Um. So yeah, and we've made it self-contained, and it's gonna be shot even more cinematically, according to the director sitting across from me. Yeah. Um. But we yeah we launched on Seed and Spark. It's been a little funny because we did it. We launched Wednesday. And and we did it the day before our friend passed away. Yeah. And that's been a little emotional. Before John passed away. We talked about John at the beginning of the show, and he's, it's kind of just landed like a bomb, like a total bomb at this Comic-Con. Everybody's just kind of in disarray. Where yeah. It doesn't feel good. There's been a lot of crying. Yes. A lot of reminiscing. And... Um, what are we gonna do about that? Like, like, like we, like John would have wanted us to go forward with yeah. the with, with the fun, crowdfunding. Yeah, I mean, and his family also has a GoFundMe, so you know, we want we want people to support that as well. So, but we're both just all of us. We're kind of grieved. So, um, I kind of we had a really good first day. First day we raised like three grand. Yeah, it was really great. And then the second and third day, you know, the second day that was when John passed away, and then. Um, kind of been we've taken it easy just because of that and kind of giving it a little space and plus comic-con's really overwhelming you know um there's a lot going there's on there's a lot here. to do especially for mr london here he's got a lot going on he's got you know somebody things. donated and was like oh i thought it was for hero the prophecy and i was like no you need to see hold. that that's I was like, what i'm worried about you need to hold up okay yeah. geekscapists if you invest in this project the stocking lavar on season's park you are, in a way, investing in Hero of the Prophecy because it moves the entire ball forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul is, actually, Paul London is Paul in is our in the, Yeah, Paul so. has a role, and I told him, I said, you totally invested in Hero of the Prophecy investing in this. It's just going to be a little bit artsier and, like, more... Was it a person that came emotional. by the booth? Was it someone yeah. you saw? Yeah, he came by the booth and I was like, oh, I donated your scene spark. And I thought it was for Hero of the Prophecy. I was like, bruh. You gotta watch watch the pitch video. It kinda was for Hero of <laughs> the Prophecy. It was like, it's 
like the Marvel Universe, it's all connected. The success of this short is the success of that movie. So if you want to see that movie move forward, you better hope for a successful short right now that can get the word out about Johnny London as a creator, Heidi Cox, Geekscape. Heidi Cox as a what? <laughs> as a powerhouse, whatever. And and in as a powerhouse and like it's a whole thing it's all connected it's all geekscape properties that's why you're listening to this podcast right now an actress who created her own content yeah yeah yeah, that stuff yeah whatever blah 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 but as a geekscape (laughs) is listening to this podcast right now it's all connected it's all geekscape so investing in one is investing in all that's true I was really hoping that it would help snowball into your other stuff and into my other stuff because I have other stuff that I'm also writing and you know those things are in development as well so it's all you know work begets work and work begets work I wouldn't have said that's the best way to say it mm-hmm. and um and here's the thing Geekscape is when I made when I made Gay by Dawn way back when when I had successful shorts way back when back in 2005 at this very event Comic Con 2005 winning the best comedy for Gay by Dawn um, everybody wanted to be like, what's next? I didn't have a what's next. I didn't have nothing. I didn't even have a <laughs> roof over my head. He's but, speaking in double negatives, ladies and but gentlemen. But now, now, we can make a successful short and people are like, what's next? And I can give them seven properties. Seven? Maybe. Wow. Let's, let's just go with two. No, you have a lot. I have a and couple. And, and, uh, and that is what we're trying to do here. So again, going to Seed and Spark, looking for Stocking LeVar, Investing in that short is helping all of it. <laughs> um, all of it. <laughs> you should see the face he's making. <laughs> Every single part of it. Uh, it yeah. The and you, can find it, you can find it really easily. You just go to seedandspark.com slash fund slash stalking Lavar or just find us on social media and you'll Or we, go to Seed and Spark and type in Stalking Lavar. Yeah. Follow us too. Following helps a lot. You don't even have to put money down. You just click follow. follow, and then you share it with your friends. And you're like, this helps all of it. Yay. <laughs> I want to see Hero the Prophecy, but I have to see this first, which is great. You have a lot of really good stuff going on. And here's the thing, Geekscapist. I'm being glib. You want to see this short because, yes, it is about a woman who goes and uses, you know, like we all do here at Comic-Con, we use something like Star Trek, in her case, to deal with real life situations. And we've all been there. We've all we've all delved into fantasy pop culture and escapism to deal with real world problems. And that is what this character does. So you will be able to relate with this project probably more than anything we've done. So that is why you want to invest in this it's one. Also, really it's also female driven content. It we um you know my company is all about finding balance uh, in the industry for women. Like in the force. <laughs> like on a seesaw. No, like in the force, there must be balance. <laughs> oh, right, yes, balance in nature. Like Thanos, there must be balance in the universe. Right, I'm like Thanos. A bit, maybe. Yeah. Here's my glove. But Geekscape is if you get one thing out of this, it is to go to seedandspark.com, look for a stocking LeVar. Drop your money for coffee. If you, if you drink coffee, that's what, $5 a day? Take that money and be like, you know what, I'm going to skip the coffee today. I'm going to put that $5 into stocking LeVar, and I'm also going to hit that follow button, and I'm going to share it. And that's what I want you to do today. If you can. 
Yeah, well, sharing you can totally do. Following yeah. you can totally do. If you can't donate, we understand. If you're that addicted to coffee. Hey, I used to be a barista. I, I've seen how that works. You, you know what? <laughs> There's been several times when I was working. I used to work at a Starbucks in Bel Air. And um, the power went out a couple times. And people would, we would be there on the inside. And people would come up to the door. And they would still try to open the door. And when the door didn't open, they would have this like tantrum outside. The zombie apocalypse. Because we were we were drug dealers when we were baristas. So yeah. I mean, coffee is a serious thing. It's a serious business. I mean, I even I remember one time I sat outside and gave out like free iced tea and stuff like that because the power was out, and I sat at a table directly in front of the door, and people would still try to walk around me to open the door even though I was sitting there like they need their coffee it's it's so yeah. I understand the sacrifice <laughs> you are about to make to geekscapists I will I make you coffee I understand I will make you coffee we will make you coffee every day if I have to but and perhaps <laughs> coffee like Luke Cage drinks his maybe alright we have like some some white no me no yeah white Mm-mm. chocolate what are you talking about you I'm kind of pimping you out for money for seed the spark. Oh dear. But it goes to a good towards a good cause. Oh no. No um, no no. That goes against everything my company's about. <laughs> so we're not gonna do Welcome that. Welcome to Geekscape. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not your best. I didn't realize like yeah, I Geekscape's didn't realize you thought different. of me that way. Okay. A, um, so Geekscape is if you learned one thing, it is seedandspark.com, Sakamavar, share, follow, donate if you can. Yeah. Please. And also, Heidi's in a play in in, your, in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's true. I am in a play. She's in Los a working Angeles. actress, and you are going to keep her working by donating to this project. Right. It's I just don't think a, that's your only option. But it's just no. It's, it's, one a, of them. it's an important story that I think you and me both relate to. Yes. It's not just. I mean, it is about a woman, and she's finding. It's like a self-discovery kind of thing where she's she discovers her self-reliance. She's she's very in her mind dependent on these ideas of needing certain people and realizes that she doesn't really need them as much as she thought she thought she did and um, it's empowering for her and I think that you and me both have been going through phases where we are doing work to figure out who we are and what you know what we're all about as individuals and mm-hmm. and it's a really good story for both you and me to tell Plus, Paul London is in it. Paul London's in Plus it. Plus, Cooper Barnes Cooper is in Barnes, it. Cooper Barnes. Plus, Eugene Liz, Bird is in it. Liz Stewart's in it. They, they're all in it, Geekscapists. Jennifer Gavis. Winger. So, former Geekscapists are all in it. Mm-hmm. And we've got, we've also got, you know, Stephanie Pressman making a return, Russ Guberman making a return. We've got feelers out for some other people that we mm-hmm. must, re- we'll reveal in time, but there's only Indeed. one way to know that. <laughs> Follow. Please. <laughs> and on social media, too. That would be great. You can find us at dweebdarlings.com and uh, on Twitter, dweebdarlings, on Instagram at dweebdarlings, and you know you can follow me too. I'm at Miss Heidi Cox. That's right. Yeah. And if you're in LA, that play is about to get extended. And Corey That's Feldman went to see it. <laughs> Corey Feldman was other, there the other night. Ryan Lambert says he's going to grab Adam Carl and a bunch of his other child actor friends. And when I went to see it, Grant Amahara sat behind me. Yeah, we love Grant. He's we a good friend. Grant. You got that Geekscape? I'm not messing around right now. This is a Geekscape production. You're going to go to seedandspark.com. You're going to look for Stuck in LeVar. You sound like an NPR. I'm, like... I'm really angry right now. You're going to go to Stuck in LeVar. 
You're going to follow it. You're going to share it. And you're going to give up your coffee and you're going to donate. We sound like an NPR fundraising. If I could Geekscape us, I would go to your house and I would grab you by the ankles and I would shake you upside down for your money right now. Oh my goodness, no. Yes, and I would put it right into this project. (laughs) But I don't have to do that because you're going to do it. We totally sound like one of those NPR like weeks where they're raising yeah, money. Yeah, 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 yeah. All <laughs> If right. you can help us, please do. Um, we always appreciate your support. So I don't have to go to your house. I'm excited to work with everyone. I'll shake you by your Keds. Keds? Yeah, they're weird. I haven't worn Keds in years. Well, they had, they, Who still yeah. wears Keds? The Geekscapists. Comments. Let us know. Uh, all right, Geekscape. <laughs> that's it from Comic-Con 2018 with Heidi Cox. Is there anything else For now. For now. No, I mean, I'm good. I had, I've had fun. This has been great. Thank you. I'm excited to do it. You know what's at stake now. <laughs> Everything. I'm just trying to make her laugh now. <laughs> You're succeeding. Over and out, Geekscapus. Geekscapus, I want to introduce you to your new favorite show. It's called Critically Awkward. It is a live streaming animated show. Uh, and I've got Keith and Jen from it, from Critically Awkward. They're sitting here at the Geekscape booth with me. And um, when... I heard about Critically Awkward. I was like, how does that work? Um, Maybe the answer is barely to a hilarious effect. I don't know. But um, Keith and Jen can definitely fill me in more on it. Um, Please, feel free to put that mic towards your mouth whenever you talk. But Jen, explain this thing to me, where the idea came from, what the story is on Critically Awkward. What the hell? Okay, good question. So I'm Jen. And Critically Awkward has three cartoon co-hosts named Chewy, Reggie, and Dong. I am Chewy. Keith here is Reggie. Uh, Donk did not make it, even though he lives in L.A. just two where hours go, away. Where do you guys live? We're in... We live in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. So you guys live in Brooklyn, New York. You came to San Diego Comic Con. The guy in L.A. couldn't drive down the five and be here. Nope. That is correct. Uh, Keith, <laughs> you guys have met him in person, though, right? Yes, he's a really good friend of ours. Okay, just making sure he exists. In real life. That you guys aren't just being <laughs> elaborately catfished through like a creative project together. He's our he's actually our imaginary friend. That's where he that's where he came from. AKA AI. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are doing a fucking show with Ultron on freaking Twitch. I think that's great. So, um, explain it to me. Explain to me critically awkward, like what do you guys do during a live stream? Like what's a typical live stream when people watch it? So we do a few different things at the moment, but right now, like Twitch, Twitch is a gaming platform foremost, so right now we play video games together, and we make a lot of bad jokes. Sometimes they're good, I don't know. What are some of the typical games that you guys play? We've done Fortnite, the Battle Royale thing, of course. We actually started there, but but I swear it wasn't huge when we first started playing it. Uh Well, how long has this been going on, this little thing? Well, actually, with, with, um, with, not little. I mean, but I mean, the thing that you guys are doing with your imaginary friend in LA. Nice. They, I, I have no proof. So I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not believing we, it. We have to. We have to email you some proof. I'm very vigilant. <laughs> I need a finger. That's it. Cut we'll, off his finger. We'll and cut off Donk's finger and send it. Too bad yeah. He doesn't have arms. Well, actually, we started in. Uh, we started testing in November, and then we started doing a more formal schedule in January so okay. it's been pretty it's pretty new right now so that's pretty much how it all began but how did it but how did you guys hook up like what, what was the story there you guys just played games like online and you were like we should make something out of this or what well it was a funny story is like um, we're really busy our, our trade is like motion design and visual effects and we love gaming 
So what happened was we were trying to find a way to implement gaming into our career. So so basically when we came across uh, the software called Adobe Character Animator, um, we realized that we can live stream as characters mm-hmm. um, and play video games and make it a part of our daily regimen. Well, wait, how does that work? Because you're live streaming. Animation is always such a elaborate process that takes a lot of time and forethought and planning. How do you guys do something live with an animation element? It seems like pretty counter. It seems like South Park is the fastest turnaround for that kind of animate kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, that's actually part of why we're here at Comic Con. Um, Adobe invited us to do some demos at their booth and to be part of two panels to explain what Character Animator does and our show and how we use it. And it's basically, so it's a software that tracks your face through your camera and then with special, you know. Do you have to put nodes or anything on your face? It's just, just your bare. face. Because, okay. like, you know what? I don't want to put anything on my face if I'm going to be having fun. It's right. like, come on, I don't want to put crap on me, you know what right. I mean? Right. You don't want to put dots or whatever you nah. need to do. Or, like, okay. mocap, no, thank you. All right. So this is just bare. Just use any camera and any any mic, too. It'll do lip syncing for you. I mean, you have to plug. You still have to draw every single frame right. and plug it in. But Wait. once it's done, okay, so it's, it's going. So let's say that you want to do... This is crazy. Um, I've never heard of this. I, I mean, I've heard of Twitch. Obviously, in Twitch streaming, we have our Twitch channel that we do a lot of the podcasting through for Geekscape Games. Um, but you're saying you can set it up, you can grab, uh, let's say, a generic like face, uh, and then do the multiple mouth configurations for like an O, an A... And I, all the all the basics for animation, the different ways that like you have to exclaim, the eyes have to get brighter for excitement, they get lower for they squint maybe for being cynical, you know, and, and you put all those variables into Adobe Character Animator. Correct. I'm nodding, but you can't tell that I'm nodding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then you program it all, and they try and do the best to associate those like things that you put in with mannerisms you're doing naturally. Correct. So exactly. if you actually squint, your character might actually squint. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty cool. And so, it, it's really fun. So you're so you're watching you play, let's say, let's just use Fortnite as an example. Fortnite's up on the screen in the corner where we would expect to see a human being in front of maybe a green screen or in their room. You have an animated character responding to the gameplay. And there's three of us doing that, yes. In real time. In real time. So we're talking to chat, right. people are talking to us, we're responding. Where's my flying car? Because we in the future. I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure Lexus made that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at least crazy. the hoverboard. Guys, what's the response been? Because did you guys have followings on Twitch individually or together before you chose to flip the switch and become cartoon characters? No. Yeah, actually, we didn't even start live streaming on Twitch until we became cartoon characters. So You were like afraid of your face? Yeah. <laughs> were you afraid that like somebody was going to like you and then be like, I'm going to I'm gonna order a, 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 what do they do? They, they, they order a, you get swatted. Yeah, you get swatted. No, I, actually when, um, when we, we never really had interest in live streaming on Twitch until we could bring our expertise to it. Um, if we were just humans, it was like we never felt like it it's would be much, unique. yeah, it's nothing, not a unique experience. But being characters in 
in interacting with cartoons, it brings a, a different level of viewership that um, is surprising. Like when people stop by or new new viewers come by and visit our channel, it, it's automatically like a cool place to be. It's great like, hook. Yeah, and it's it's amazing because you get like a way better reception than the typical like I'm just gonna stream as myself, and you have like you have to worry about all the toxic behavior. Yes people saying stuff that is derogatory in your chat just to see your your expression but like as a cartoon it kind of gives you that like buffer i was like if i'm going to be successful on twitch i gotta grow boobs <laughs> like that was, i was like i was starting to take like the i was starting to take the 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 injections and i was starting to like do the whole i was like this would be a lot of fun to do but i'm gonna need massive boobs to get a viewership on twitch because i know the audience um, and I, you know, I should probably cut back on the hormones because this sounds like a much cooler way to do it. And it does give you guys some level of anonymity because not only are you guys behind your character facades, you guys are literally playing as characters. Right. You, you could have cartoon boobs. Yeah. Way easier than <laughs> taking these pills and the shots in the butt. Way easier. Well, so, so we also do interviews on our show. Oh, cool. And, yeah, so we've had game developers on our show for interviews. And so I'm saying that because one of our inspirations was Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh, wow. That's insane. And we've spent this entire week talking about John Schnapp and the late friend of ours who's been on Geekscape multiple times. We opened this show talking about John. Um, last time we all got together and memorialized John here. And... Uh, uh, he was a big part of Space Coast. He worked on Space Coast, Coast to Coast. That was great that's work. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's intense. Um, I think that that what you guys are doing with this um, Adobe software, I'd never heard of it. It, I'd always thought of something like mocap for the most part. And I'll just, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm dumb, so I'm going to simplify it and just call it mocap. Even though, is it technically mocap? Or is it like maybe I, I, a form like, of it? But like, I, I, this opens up so many possibilities for Twitch or not Twitch, just making content. Correct. And, yeah. and, and, and Adobe's not sponsoring this episode, by the way. <laughs> uh, we'll work on that when uh, I, we go back to a video format, and I uh, suddenly get younger, handsomer, and four colored. Uh, <laughs> but I think this is great. This is really cool. Yeah. The possibilities are like endless. So beyond playing games and doing interviews are there like storylines that develop are there things that you're doing beyond just making the characters through something that you might like an extension of yourselves are there like are there and how different are your characters from yourselves actually they're just us yeah yeah, yeah. we're pretty pretty close to what our characters look like and, and they have our personalities so um, basically what we do is like we have running jokes and all that other stuff that you get when you're watching like a television, a television cartoon, right? And and that's really cool because like the viewers that come back, they they are in on those inside jokes. Oh yeah. So like they constantly bring them up in chat, and they have a good time with it. So it's really awesome. Any chances to do things that aren't like an interview or live stream? Would you guys take these characters and turn them into like an actual uh, narrative, maybe? Um, you know what? We're not actors, but come on. No, no. I mean, that's the thing. However, I do, I am interested in like improv type situations. And so ideally in our near future, we want to actually produce more shows that's not just gameplay, it's not just interviews, but like 
talk show formats. Well, and yeah, because what like I'm that. saying is like you know like Blumhouse has that unfriended movie, right? Where it's right. an entire horror movie told through some type of Skype. You know what I mean? And they've done the you know, and now they have a, a second unfriended movie coming out where it's told through some level of like a Skype chat where all you're seeing are the people chatting on screen and there you know murder and mayhem happens but this gives us an opportunity to do something similar on Twitch but animated right yes in that way if you have a similar narrative not that somebody has to get murdered but if you have a similar narrative you can play out the entire thing in these chat windows and it's a shame that like your your co-host isn't even down here. So <laughs> yeah, Donk, where are you? Yeah, Donk. Yeah, yeah, Donk. We've just replaced you with Shane O'Hare from Geekscape Games. <laughs> it was an executive decision. Um, feel free to try and SWAT them a couple times, but those SWAT characters have to be drawn and programmed into uh, the. That would actually be pretty funny, like doing a cartoon SWAT. Down. Yeah, they come in. They, I mean, they can use anything. They can have laser guns. They can have rubber chicken guns. They can do anything. They can basically have Ratchet and Clank's arsenal. Right. They you know can be what I mean? Space like, cops. They can yeah. be space cops. They can be anything. Right. And uh, guys, the possibilities of this thing is endless. Um, the show's called Critically Awkward Geekscapists. Uh, criticallyawkward.com is the website. And if you guys are on Twitch, it's just Critically Awkward is what you're going to look for. They do take the episodes and they put them on, uh, on YouTube. So you guys can find them on YouTube as well. But criticallyawkward.com seems to be the home base. Um, Dude, guys, this is crazy. Thank you. No, Keith and Jen, thanks for like pushing the envelope because, like, this is this is exciting. I love boobs. Right. But we we, I think we all know that now. We, uh, you guys, like boobs? Maybe boobs a little fan, bit. Little boobs bit. are fantastic. Okay. I gotta figure out how to get rid of these. But um, you guys are doing something on Twitch that's actually exciting to me. You know? I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Dude, guys, of course. Enjoy the rest of Comic Con. Are you guys seeing anything that's cool? No. Just pushing, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. We got some toys, though. We got uh, some Huck G Robotech and uh, some uh, Wu-Tang Transformers. So. And we, we picked up some really good, awesome Geekscape swag shirts, guys. Yeah, oh, now it's just bribery. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Um, Geekscape is, uh, Welcome the critically awkward folks to the Geekscape family. Uh, we love them, and this is super cool. I, you guys are doing something really cool with storytelling I love it that is what this show is all about is storytelling and you guys are doing something really cool well thanks uh, for having us we no go it. enjoy the rest of the floor cool appreciate it take care guys thank you Geekscape I'm here with the heart and soul of Geekscape Mr. Derek Cranevelt the man who um, single handedly brings Geekscape games back from uh, <laughs> demise every time he uh, appears back on it if you're not familiar with the Geekscape games podcast well you should listen to it for Derek that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Okay. We did, we did a uh, we did a listener survey a few months ago, and you did a listener most, survey. Yeah, we did a listener survey just to get feedback on formatting and formula and stuff like that. And uh, one of the one of the main comments was needs more Derek um, over and over and over. Are again, you crapping so. on me? No, Are you serious? you're being serious. I think it was probably people I know in real life, but I'm like I'm gonna pretend it doesn't that it wasn't because yeah. it was anonymous. Yeah, so. Let's go with it. Um, you yeah. don't you you don't not know. No, no, it's true. You, yeah. you can't really tell either way. And I mean, since the survey, I think I've only missed like an episode, so it worked. It, it worked. at least worked to inspire you to come back. <laughs> um, so, Derek, you're also the person who's uh, next to Shane, probably spent at least time at the booth because you've been out actually experiencing Comic Con, and this is a Comic Con special. So, I want to know what what you've been experiencing. Totally, out there. yeah, yeah. Um, 
I've been experiencing a lot. Shane's not been in the booth because he's been in the hotel room sleeping, but... Uh, oh, Jesus. Don't tell <laughs> I, me that. I've been out and about pretty early every day, like, like handling some of the off-site events and uh, heading to some panels and everything like that. So um, I've actually been, just like last year, I've been doing pretty lengthy recaps on my day and what I've been doing, which has been uh, super fun. It's always nice to look at those like a year later, just because it's such a mishmash during the week that you forget how the shit that you did. So, right. Um, yeah, there's been... This year, I think, has some, had some of the coolest offsite experiences what of any Comic Con that I've been to. So, what are um, some good ones? Uh, so, the two ones that probably stuck out the most for me, actually three, three actually, the DC Universe experience. Um, so, the DC Universe app is coming out soon. Uh, it's actually starting beta in a, just a few weeks, um, and that kind of takes the Marvel Unlimited formula, where you pay monthly for for thousands of old comics, so you can kind of catch up and and read stuff that you wouldn't read otherwise. It kind of takes it to another level because it has. TV shows, original series. They're doing an original live-action Titan series, uh, which is getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, because um, Robin says saw that Batman. Batman trailer a few yeah. days ago. Um, but the offsite was like they basically Jim Lee was introducing it at the event that I was at, and he was talking about how it's basically a physical representation of what they want that app to be. And so there was concept art all over the place. They had actual props from a lot of the Batman movies, including like the Bat Missile and uh, and like the Penguin's giant rubber duck ride thing from uh, Batman Returns, um, along with a bunch of different rooms you could go into. So I went into this. Uh, it was called Harley Quinn's Chaos Room, and basically they suit you up because you're going to get dirty so you're wearing like a, a cotton like 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 suit um, and a helmet and you've got like a minute with a baseball bat and you just smash stuff in the room for a minute oh is that they, fun that was really fun yeah it was like a good way to get some frustrations out for sure uh, they set up like a bunch of like paint bottles and, and stuff all over the place so when you smash it or when you when you hit them with the bat they explode and paint goes everywhere and stuff like that so it was really cool um do they record this stuff? Yeah, they were, yeah, and so this, so when you go into this event, you get like an RFID bracelet, and you ta- tap it at each of the little little activations that you do, and that way you don't really need to do much of anything because after you're done, they send a copy of it to you. So I have like a GIF of me smashing stuff in this room for a minute, um, which is pretty cool. I want to uh, see that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. They did, yeah, they they had a lot of really cool stuff there. They had this little swamp thing because I think. That is an original series they're working on for DC Universe as well, but they had a, a little kind of, it felt like a, a tiny like haunted house walkthrough type thing. So they had an actor who was like, you know, from the deep south swamp, like guiding you through this area. And uh, uh, there's a couple jump scares throughout the thing, but it just just really well. It, it just it was really really cool. They did a lot of cool stuff there. Um, I'm also a huge fan of uh, the AT&T and Audience Network uh, series, Mr. Mercedes, which is based on a Stephen King. You novel. watched it. I watched. I watched Mr. Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. I, How do you watch that? So in Canada, it's only available on iTunes. So I bought it on iTunes. Um, so uh, it, was, it was. But here, I think that it, I think I think here in the states we have like our own channel. If for you it. have, yeah, I think it's if you have DirecTV, it's on DirecTV. Um, uh, whatever the audience network is, which I think might be only on DirecTV. But they had a huge presence at Comic Con. Like the Omni was all decorated in Mr. Mercedes stuff. This offsite was actually blocks away from there, and an entire building was all decked out. Um, I had an opportunity to go through like a press preview of it, which was pretty cool. They there's like a VR escape room in which you are you're kind of in one of the characters uh, is, is like lair and you're locked in there and you've got a few minutes to try to find clues to get the password to a door before this bomb explodes uh, and uh, did you make it? I did not make it, it you just exploded? Li- right as I 
I like right as the, the, the clock is ticking, right as I kind of turn to look at the, the screen that shows the letters you've input so far, I realize what the word was. And so uh, I, I, I blew up. Um, but yeah, then they take you through, they rebuilt a lot of the sets for the film. So there's like a computer store that some of the characters work at and they rebuilt that, um, a hospital room as well as then you go downstairs in the actual building and it's the character's lair in real life as well. Um, but they were all using, they used the real props from the TV show as well. So it wasn't anything they rebuilt or anything like that. Like a lot of the stuff was the actual screen used items and they were, they was I, I'm sure it would be different if you were just an attendee going through, but they were like, oh yeah, touch it, like flip through his journal, like all this cool shit. Um, and so it was really, really neat. Um, and then they take you through to a screening room uh, and you get to see a featurette just on how things are going to be different for season two because there was a pretty big event at the end of season one that was basically like how do things continue from here. Um, so they kind of detailed a bit of that and then showed a clip from season three or from episode three uh, because press got early access to episodes one and two. So that was all really fun. They had a lot of swag too, t-shirts, uh, pins, like bags, all that sort of stuff that, oh, they had a, there was like an augmented reality game so you could download an app on your phone and then you would scan these tags as you went throughout the environment and if you could find them all you got like different prizes and stuff like that. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then the, the the Purge City was probably the coolest one. I thought you'd be that's into this like, one. That's like a party was, city. Yeah, so it was like was a Tyrese party city. There? What's that? Was Tyrese there? I did not see any Tyrese. No Tyrese. Uh, but you, this so decked out. This was probably the most immersive uh, offsite that I've seen because there was tons of actors there and I did not see one of I, I probably spent 45 minutes in there and really? I did not see an actor break character once they were so they had these like creepy like creepy smiles on um, and just so like just so just so enthusiastic about like like they're out walking around asking what people's plans were for purge night and, and you know, a, I so, was, so it's like a, it's like a place you would go to if the purge was going to happen, totally. And so you they, want to stock it, up, it's so it's party a, city before the party purge. City, yeah, so they they sell supplies to prepare you for purge night, and whether that's a security system because you just want to stay in and make sure you're protected, or, a baseball or whether it's a baseball nails. bat full of nails, uh, they've got it. That's all. awesome. Um, they had they had drones with like guns on them and stuff. Um, but when you went in, you got they gave you uh, this little envelope, and it's got 20 purge bucks in it, and you could spend those purge bucks on a variety of items in the store, like T-shirts and hats and mugs. Um, I picked up a it was like a replica copy of the 28th Amendment to the Bill of Rights or whatever, or the Constitution, yeah. which is the one that added the purge. Yeah. Uh, it was just so funny. Uh, that's what you took? Well, yeah, yeah. That's, well, so I, I got like, like, like I got a t-shirt because that was 15 purge bucks. I got a, that, that, that replica of the Constitution, and then I picked up a... They, they had all these greeting cards like like to what, wish you a happy purge night and stuff like that and then, so I got one that said live laugh purge oh, yeah, you actually wanted to mail that didn't you uh, that one no but oh, I, I don't know that I wanted yeah, to yeah, mail you yeah, asked me about yeah, it. I picked up a stamp today actually um, but yeah it's been pretty like I feel like things feel a little bit more it's always chaos and aside from Thursday which was very hard to get in and it, it seemed like some people were in here at 9am and, and the doors that I was at was I was surrounded by thousands of other people that started yelling and it got pretty messy but um, things generally seem more organized they closed kind of the front street in front of the convention center this year which I feel like has helped a lot um, it just seems immensely easier to get in yeah. um, and because they don't have buses coming through the lane at the front of the convention center people are filling that area instead so it seems way less packed you can, you can get around a little bit more easily um, so that's been great 
I've also spent a lot more money than I typically do at, at these conventions. Last year I walked away having only taken stuff that I got for free. I didn't actually purchase anything. Um, and this year, like, this year I spent a few hundred US dollars on Mondo prints alone. Um, which are probably just going to sit in a poster tube in my house for did, years. But uh, Did you get the ones you wanted? I got all the ones I wanted, yeah. And one that I didn't know I wanted because there was a surprise There was a surprise drop yesterday morning of an extremely limited edition Jurassic Park one that was beautiful. And by an artist that Michaela really likes. So we have two other Mondo So she won't get mad at you? Uh, probably not, yeah. She seemed all right with it. So. But I do this thing where like I hate spending money on like trivial things. And so I... Literally, I'm about to buy something. I'm trying to call Michaela to get her to talk me out of it. And if I can't like reach her, I'm, I buy it. And then I try to call her again to talk me off the ledge because I'm freaking out about how much money I've just spent. Um, the only thing like, I've bought is uh, those He-Man fanny packs that look like oh, He-Man's yeah. belt and, yeah. and Merkin. Yeah, you got those. So it's like he's like looks like his, he looks like. Like yeah, He Man's yeah. underwear. Yes, pretty awesome. And I got one for, <laughs> for my brother Paul, and I got one oh, for nice, my buddy nice. Jason. And I've uh, yeah, it's been really cool. I bought a bought a Sea of Thieves shirt. We know how much I love that game. I got a bandana from you. So I, I got you a bandana. Got to yep. pick up a couple. Got to buy a couple of these geeks new Geekscape shirts. So don't hate create. What are you looking at? I both of those new ones are fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay. I love the don't hate create. This one the dra- like, the, the it's just like that. Yeah, the dragon one is just kind of that like campy art. And I yeah. love it. It's just like super great. That one came out great. Yeah, no, they both look really, really good. Escapists, they will all be up on the floor after San Diego. And they're soft. Uh, uh, That's the biggest thing. Is yeah. I saw we reprinted these ones, and they feel much better than yeah. the old ones. This is not. This is an old one, but that's an old one. Someone got a new one, and it feels much <laughs> feels less like sandpaper. So yeah, we, when these go up on the store, don't worry about how soft they are. These will soft. be up on the store at the end of San Diego Comic Con. And we we saw some big stuff too. We got a we debuted a new poster for Paul Lennon Hero: The Prophecy, um, which looks amazing. And uh, we've been, like, just before we started this podcast, dude started watching the trailer, and he's laughing his ass off, so... Yeah, we had somebody come to the, to, tra- come to the booth just now and be like, what's this Paul London deal? And, and we showed him the trailer, and he's over here giggling. He was giggling away. He yeah, goes, I'm like, in! Gotta, I'm gotta, in! Give me, where can I give you money? No, we're in. All in time, pal. All in time. I ended up at a country bar last night, so that was... Uh, Guy told Guy, me. Yeah, Guy... Uh, Guy was there. He asked a bunch of us to go. I, I sat in the hotel and worked on like my recap for the day and didn't think I was going to make it because it'll take a long time. But uh, I was like, screw it, you know, let's let's go let's go see some country music. And it just was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it was like, like they, don't, they don't have it up in Vancouver. I don't. I mean, they, I've never looked for a country bar uh, or been in a country bar before. But it was this eclectic mixture of people in cowboy hats and people in Darth Vader masks like it was just a, like, that's awesome it was so just this just this weird weird uh, dynamic weird dynamic there um, there was a live band and stuff that was pretty cool there's like employees just pouring booze in people's mouths and I was like how cheap is alcohol in America that you can do this like water uh, yeah <laughs> it's cheaper than water uh, yeah but uh, it's been a it's been a really good time uh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen I'll let you get back to it Geekscape that's, that's Derek you can listen to them on Geekscape Games, uh, on the Geekscape Network. Yeah, you can. Get, uh, what, you, what are you, you going to get back to it? Uh, I'm going to get back to it pretty quick. Um, I mean, I'm, I've been posting quite a bit. There's still more articles to come. So, so go to geekscape.net. Geekscape.net. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw we, we saw a really cool Tomb Raider offsite. I ate this giant, disgusting water bug um, that was like some sort of exotic 
insect and it wasn't real though it was real yeah yeah so at this event they had they, they had all this stuff like a snake they had, a, they had this pit of skulls you could take photos on they had some real snakes kind of wandering around the environment um, but there was this area where you could volunteer and they had three people and, and they had, there was these covered trays and, and at the count of three you would lift, your, lift what was on your tray and there was a bunch of gross items you could eat basically there you had to eat basically like, like there was a couple worms um, uh, a couple of other things, but the but the worst one they said was this giant water bug that you didn't want to get because it was huge and super dry. Who's um, still alive? No, they were dead. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you pull it up. Of course, I ended up with the, I, the only reason I did it. I was trying to convince Shane and Courtney to do it. They wouldn't do anything. I was like, if we're gonna cover it, somebody has to fucking do it. So I'll step up. Yeah, that's uh, why. That's why we pay you big time. <laughs> and so I, I lift the tray. Of course, everyone's like, oh no, you got the water bug. And I'm like, fuck, what did I get myself into? How big is it? It was like three, four inches. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Like it was huge. And it's so it was. Shell on it. The carapace. Yeah, it has wings and stuff still. Like, and it was like. The other two people like ate their thing. So you can't eat it in one bite. You can't just. I put the whole thing in my mouth, which I think might have been a mistake. But yeah. the other two people finished, and then probably had to sit there watching me for five minutes because I was just had to. It was so dry, and I just had to chew and chew and chew and chew and chew. Um, but yeah, I was like, and then I, I sent a couple of photos to some friends back home, and they're like, "Who the fuck are you? You don't do this kind of stuff." You do now. Like, I had to. I had no choice. I go to country bars and I eat bugs now. So. Comic-Con changes you, man. You have pictures of all that stuff? I took, we took video, so it'll be up on the site. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, was, uh, it was a memorable experience. I'm going to remember that. Um, yeah, you know, if you did volunteer for that, you got to spin this prize wheel. Um, so you can win T-shirts. You could win a year of Game Pass, which I really love. Um, you could win a copy of the game. What'd you get? Uh, I got 20 raffle tickets for a draw for an Xbox One X, which happened about 10 minutes later, and I was four tickets away from winning the Xbox One X. Um, oh man, I would have loved for you to give that to me so we could play Sea right? of Thieves. I already have an Xbox great. One X, so. You could have just given yeah, it to me and we played right? Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Uh, Yo ho ho. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's been. I feel like it's. Last year felt a lot more chill. Um, this year, I feel like I've been doing a lot more stuff, which has been really, really exciting to get kind of get back into all of that. Um, saw some cool people, a couple, a couple people from WWE. Uh, almost made it on the Xavier Woods Up, Up, Down, Down show. I might actually show up in there. That's um, cool. Because we were at a Rocket League's third birthday party in Petco Park, and I was wearing my Up, Up, Down, Down baseball tee, and he spotted me and called me over. Um, so I got to meet him and Becky Lynch, which was pretty awesome. Um, no, it was, a, it was a super good time. I've had a great day. It's been a great Comic-Con. Well, you want to come next year? I want to come every year for the rest of my life. As long as you're here, I'll be here. Well, Geekscapist, um, you know where to see Derek throughout the year. Yeah, That's you do. Geekscape.net. Uh, Geekscape games every week. We'll most see, weeks. I want to see you eating a bug now. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Let, let's let you get back to Comic-Con. Perfect. We'll get back to another guest here on the Comic-Con Spectacular. Hey Geekscapists, I'm always bringing you guys a variety of people from San Diego Comic-Con and San Diego Comic-Con 2018 is no different. I'm sitting here with Dirty Donnie. His real name is Donnie Gillis, but he is known as Dirty Donnie. I'm guessing you have DirtyDonnie.com or like a website where we can go and see some of your stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've had that for a long time, yeah. What's cool about having him on the show, Geekscapists, is we always talk about video games, we always talk about gaming in all sorts, but now we're talking about a specific type of gaming because you design pinball games. I, yes, I do like the artwork on the pinball artwork, machines. which is like yeah, so yeah. intricate. And I think that is the immediate appeal of like pinball gaming is 
you, you I mean, sure, on an arcade machine, you're going to get the side of the cabinet, you're going to stuff like that, but but I think pinball, that pinball generation and that whole pinball aesthetic is designed, is defined by its artwork. Uh, yeah, it is. The artwork and the gameplay. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to go into it. There's uh, These days, there's programming as well, so you've got the game designer, the programmer, and the artist, so all three of you have to like knock it out of the park to get a good game but it's it's part of the heart and soul of pinball you know it's it's uh you go back to dave christensen gordon morrison the guys that did it back in the 60s 70s and 80s um and those games are so like beautiful and it's what draws you in it's almost like having a movie poster a comic book and an album cover wrapped into one right you and know? there's like a ro- and you can there's play kind it. of like a rock and roll aesthetic to it i think so, so you yeah, can see like, sure. like yeah. you can see yeah. why pinball culture rose from the 50s mm-hmm. you know because obviously there were like Nickelodeons and, and like penny arcades and things like that from the boardwalk culture of like the 1910s and 20s and 30s but like post-war America going like the 50s started wanting like arcades started becoming a thing is that the rise of mall culture like what is it that led to the arcade boom yeah you know the 70s you know you, you had like a lot of the movies you'll see like pinballs in the background and that's kind of when the arcades started like yeah. pinballs and in like you know coffee shops pizza parlors and uh, uh, stuff and then uh, you know with, with Pac-Man coming out and arcades it would be like mixed you know pinball and arcade and uh, you know 80s vids and stuff um, so it was so so Geekscape it's the reason I'm bringing this to you for sure is like we've never talked about pinball gaming yes. on Geekscape and I think that it, it's getting a bit of like a resurgence as yes. you, like the thing is with consoles being as high tech as they are now with the Xbox and Playstation etc and with portable gaming, with something like a Switch or a Game Boy, uh, you know, uh, being something that you can, or, or mobile gaming being something you can walk around with, the pinball is st- is kind of like the last destination gaming for us. Yeah, yeah. And it, so know, there it, seems it, to be like a resurgence now. The, the cool thing with pinball, too, it's, it's it's like a thing that you can, uh, it's a game you can physically play that uh, is not a video game. That's like it's actually kind of like um, playing uh, like uh, pool or or going bowling. You're saying there's like a physical aspect. There's a to physical, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still kind of got that video game element to it. You know, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, but there is, yeah, there is a big uh, to answer another question. There is a, a big resurgence. There's a lot of barcades popping up now. People will open a bar and then they'll fill it full of uh, uh, retro 80s games and pinball machines. And there's a lot of people buying them for their homes and, and doing game rooms in their homes. And uh, so there is a big resurgence. Like, there's a lot of titles coming out now. And uh, Stern's the pinball, who, that's the company that I do art for. Uh, they're growing. Uh, they're selling more and more games. And they're putting out more and more a year. So there's, like, this huge comeback. It's also got that real retro, cool vibe to it, you know. You can kind of go back into time in a way, you know. There's all, we've, we talked about it a lot on Geekscape Games, which is our video game podcast. I'm not a host of, but I know the boys have talked about it a lot. But a company like Konami, who like have their video games and obviously they've had their relationship with places with like like cr- cr- like creators like the Metal Gear Solid series etc are now taking those properties and turning them into like slot machines pachinko machines like pinball machines and it seems like that is like a new like form of transmedia adaptation for a lot of our favorite properties you know uh, we all got yeah. excited when you started to see pinball machines based on Star Wars or pinball machines based on Star Trek The Next Generation and now you've got pinball machines based on like I mean I guess KISS always had that pinball machine but now you've got pinball machines based on rock bands Yeah, yeah. what are some of the pinball machines you've worked with that people are being like holy shit you serious? Yeah. like what are some of the ones that you're most proud of? Uh, I've done so so Dirty Donnie I've done uh, a bunch of custom games and that led up to doing Metallica so I've done Metallica uh, the production game 
and the custom game, and I've done the Aerosmith game. Well, what's the difference between a production game and a custom game? Well, like? I, I made, I, we took an old existing game, and then we, me and my friends stripped it down, and I did all the artwork on it, and I had another friend reprogram it. So it was like a, it was a, uh, I think it was, um, I can't remember, it might have been a ground shaker game from the 90s. But it, it was a, it was its own theme, pinball game. Yeah, and we had took its own it. kind of generic theme. Yeah, and, and we you guys it. turned it into a freaking Metallica. Yeah, for Headfield for Metallica. So I've been doing art for Metallica for probably about 15 years or so. That's insane. Uh, so it's been pretty cool. So when uh, uh, um, James Headfield wanted me to make this game for him, so I made this game for him with, with my friends. And then when Stern came to Metallica saying, hey, we want to do a game, Metallica were like, yeah, let's, we want Dirty Donnie to draw it. He's a pinball guy, and you know he's done this custom with us. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, that's. And now you're you're just doing pinball art for like, yeah, quite, everybody. Like that's, like who are some of the places? Like you said, Aerosmith. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so so it's it's right right now it's Metallica, Aerosmith, and then they did one for PBR, Can Crusher. These yeah. are three production games, and then there's another another title I'm working on right now. It, so. so it's like a little hipstery. Because yeah. again, like the barcade culture, and I was in a barcade like two weeks ago yeah. in New York, and they there is something about like hip and hipstery about it. I can yeah. see how a PBR pinball game would be a hit. Yeah, you yeah. know, and like the can crushers, like, like if you score a certain amount, you're gonna see like something deflate or inflate, like a can or something. Yeah, it's, it's a game. Yeah, it's 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 a game with a. Uh, uh, I drew a custom van on it. There's a party scene. They got Red Fang to do the soundtrack. This band Red. That's Fang. fucking cool. So it's pretty neat. You know, like pinball is fun. It's like a thing that you can go and do, and you like look cool playing it. And it's like something out in public. You know, and it's just it's like a break from everything else. You know, it's just like take a break from your phone, take a break from you know, like looking at a, a screen. You know, and kind of go and play this other form of yeah, uh, you know. There's still an element of skill. Mm-hmm. Not that like playing a vi- you know, not that reflexes in a video game aren't skill based, but it's all skill there's something based, real yeah. there's something real world about it's all mechanical. You, yeah, you're it's dealing very with a physical yeah. object. Um, yeah. How did you get into this? Like I, I like obviously you're, well, you're an incredible artist. How did you get into working with pinballs? You said you're a pinball guy. Like what is that about? Yeah, well I I've, I've been uh, um, um, you know doing art my whole life and uh, I started collecting games in the 90s. There was really cheap to get games, so you know I bought a few games and uh, I've always been into like you know like re- you would re- use, retro use pinball and bought, a, bought pinball games. Yeah, I bought a pinball machine and then I've always been How much been were into, those? Like, like in the uh, 90s, how much did you pay? They're cheap. They're cheap. My friend gave me one. Like what's then, cheap uh, if you want to buy your pinball game? In the yeah. 90s, like you you could get them for like two, three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, uh-huh. you know. And um, there was a whole huge dip. You could pick up a Pac-Man or like a Donkey Kong for like two hundred bucks. Nobody wanted them, you know. After right. the arcades died, you know, just it was gone, you know. And then, it, but now it's it's made a giant comeback, and those games are getting more and more expensive. Cause like you know, people want people that played them when they were kids. They want them now. And I, mean, I used to play Pac-Man when I was a little kid. And I'd love to have one in my living room. I mean, I've owned a few games right. like Tron and a few other ones. But then your electrical but, bill goes out the freaking window. Sure, I guess. Like, you know, d- don't you notice like a spike in your electrical bill? Not really. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I don't know. I'd yeah. imagine that your electrical bill goes crazy because yeah. those arcades or games are always on. It's not like a system you set turn on and off. Oh, there's a lot of fun to have in your house. It's like a, a, a giant toy, you know, and you can just stare at it. And there it is. It's like super oh. cool looking. And it's know, furniture so. and functionality and an art like, piece. Yeah, yeah. Like, Totally an art piece. A functioning art piece is the way I like like to look at it. You know. So anyways, I, yeah, it's, I grew up drawing and I've done art, a lot of art for bands and uh, got hired by Metallica like 15 years ago to do art in their studio and been doing art for them on and off ever since and done a lot of underground art for uh, underground bands and you know done a lot of skateboard art and uh, uh, doing uh, some stuff for Thrasher magazine right now and done stuff That's for Vans awesome. and Snap On Tools. So what? Yeah. Like, I'm a freelance artist basically. You know, like pop culture stuff and what um. I was gonna ask you, like, what? Okay, first off, what, how did how did you get the name Dirty Donnie? Which uh, I'm sure so, is a story you may be telling. Yeah, a lot. yeah. Basically, uh, Dirty Donnie's like uh, when I started out. Um, 
a lot of people pronounce my last name wrong. It's Gillies. And, uh, Gillies, yeah. I kind of wanted a nickname that like people would remember. So um, I was like, well, I'll, just, I'll, I'll call myself Dirty, Dirty Donnie. I'll sign my art like that, and we'll see how that works, you know. And, I mean, these days, it's like I don't really kind of, you know, like need it and stuff. It's like I get enough work, but starting out, it was like really helpful. People remembered it. They're like, oh, Dirty Donnie. And, I mean, I work it mostly in like, you know, rock and roll and sure. punk rock and metal and um, work with a lot of bands and stuff and uh, uh, a lot of kind of underground stuff. What so. punk rock bands have you worked with? Um, you know, I worked with uh, the Helicopters, like, I don't know if you yeah. call it, punk yeah. rock, rock and roll, metal. It all um, kind of like, works. Damn, you know, uh, Electric Frankenstein, uh, Helicopters, that kind of more back in the day. Uh, Mas- I did uh, three drum kits for Mastodon. Um, That's a metal, man. That's like yeah. straight up hard. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, done a lot of guitars for Metallica, uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff for Metallica. Um, the list kind of goes on and on. What were the influences on your art style? Because obviously, like, remember there was that whole trend of 60s and 70s artists who kind of like came up and you always had like the rat pink and like that whole like genre of that whole trend in art. You, I don't know Geekscapist if you're old enough to remember a lot of the rat pink stuff. Definitely going like, 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 uh, I, I think that it lent itself sort of like to the, the whole alternative magazine style that like our Crumb would have had or Mad Magazine. And stuff like that, and in, 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 I think in the '80s it got commercialized a bit. We started looking at things like, 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 like garbage pail kids, yeah, and things oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. But like, what were some All of your that, influences? Yeah. Like, if you consider yourself part of a movement, yeah. what movement do you think you came like influenced you the most, and you came out of, Man, and you're part you know, of now? Just everything. Like as a little kid, like you know, like like buying. Where'd you grow up in San Francisco? Uh, or where? I, I grew up in Ottawa, Canada. Oh wow! Yeah, and then I moved to the states like well, a long time ago. And um, I'm American. Um, American. You don't have, um, I mean, but, listen, um, you don't have to yeah. say that just because 45 surround people out of the country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm dual citizenship, so how about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You, they, both, yeah. you can get thrown back. Best of both worlds, yeah. I come back and forth all I want. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, man, I grew up on, like, you know, Garbage Pail Kids, Wacky Packs, Saturday morning cartoons, you know, buying Transformers and He-Mans and uh, um, skateboarding and stuff. So, like, like skateboard art from, like, the 70s and 80s, uh, I was totally into um, comic book, like early, like I don't know, like seventies and eighties comic books and and uh, movie posters, pinball art, uh, just all that stuff, you know, toys and like packaging art. I was just so. What do you think all, when you, know? you started seeing those like first Pal Peralta like like skateboards, like the fucking knife through the skull? It, it blew my fucking mind. I, I saw a Tony Hawk deck and I was like, it's a hawk's human skull. The skull, but it was metallic. Like that first deck that had like the the, the hawk skull on it. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was super, super cool. Um, I mean, I'd seen all the Palo Peralta stuff. And, you know, actually a buddy of mine is uh, Steve Caballero, the skater. And, I, uh, he's making films. He's going to, uh, that's Stacy Peralta. No, Stacey Peralta's making yeah, the yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. talk to Stacy on the podcast. I emailed him because I loved one of the movies, the the looking, the one he did about that whole generation that made Animal Chain and stuff like that. Yeah, Like, yeah, I wanted yeah. to talk to him. I wanted to talk to Stacy on the podcast. Yeah. But you were friends with Steve Caballero. My late older brother used to watch those videos all Fucking night. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Uh, <coughs> All those contests. Cab's gonna be here tomorrow. Uh, I'll get the booth number. I'll give it to sure. you after. Um, he's gonna be here tomorrow. He just called me. Uh, I last made night, you start so. crying, dude. Like all those guys were my brother's heroes. Yeah. And that's like, cool. oh my god, like that's like. Yeah, you should go talk incredible. to him. Maybe he'd do a podcast with you. Uh, he uh, he's a great guy. He's an artist. Um, I did a deck for him a few years back, and uh, very cool. You know, very cool dude, and very cool to get to do a piece of art for him. And, so you were fans of that stuff, and then you slowly yeah, started was, like working your way in like meeting those dudes well, I never and doing thought, art for yeah, them. Well, I never like Metallica, thought, you're probably a fan of them. Yeah, well, I, I never uh, searched it out. I, I didn't really know what they were up to at the time. I liked them in the '80s. I liked them when I was a teenager and stuff. Uh, but 
I uh, and Caballero too. I liked as a kid, but like, I never sought that out. I just it, it kind of came to me in a way, you know, which is very cool. Like just a lot of hard work and drawing, and, and it was neat. It was really cool. That's cool. got to be crazy gratifying to have people that you're a fan of discover your art independently, come to you and want to collaborate. Like you got to be pinching yourself. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So Geekscape is like just keep doing what you're doing. If like your voice is in art, if you're Killing it, and like obviously Geekscape, as you know that I teach two art, two directing classes a week. Like, and I tell my yeah, students, yeah. I'm like, guys, just keep going, because yeah. like, they tell you when you're a kid, they're like, you, you never can do whatever you want, you know. And it's like, you can, but the, the they don't give you the fine print. And the fine print is, you can do and be whatever you want in this world, but but you really, really, really have to work your ass off to do it. You have to like, you know, make it like a. You just have to. You know, well, don't, you don't take no for an answer and just go and do you it. You need those 10,000 like, no hours. What, you know, you got to just Like, keep, what do they say? What do they say? That you, like, 10,000 hours is what... Like, who, who said that? Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. Talking about, like, you know, how the Beatles played all those shows as nobodies, and they accrued 10,000 hours as the Beatles before anybody knew who they were, and they then that's how you became a master of your craft. Yeah. And, like, there's so much anonymity, and with anonymity comes all that self-doubt. Yeah. That it must be so rewarding at the end of that anonymity... To yeah. start getting recognized by people who you were a fan of. Yeah, yeah. Mind blowing. Yeah. And you're living in that space now, and then it's like clink, 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 clink. Do you hear it in your sleep sometimes? It's a lot. It was a lot of work. Yeah. It was a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of work, but but I'm stoked every day to be doing this, and it's just really neat to be here and and just to get to do what I do. You know, I'm I'm like you know I'm like grateful and like super. I don't know, just stoked like to be doing work for my heroes and to like. I also see younger artists coming up and like you know actually talk like I used to talk to older artists and now it's like I got uh, younger dudes are coming to me and asking me questions about stuff I'm not that old but like I'm getting younger dudes to come up to me and like and I'm like yeah dude like this is like what I did and you know it's very but cool is that your artwork or not your artwork oh your yeah artwork? this is yeah yeah it's like yeah. a jam on centipede geekscape it's like it's old yeah. school centipede style artwork like the like the centipede arcade yeah, cabinet exactly but you exactly mutated it made it crazy and you've jammed it in with like the old NES this and everything is, like yeah, that. Yeah, this is the biggest. Uh, this is the biggest retro gaming show in, in the world. It's the it's the Midwest Gaming uh, uh, Classic, and they uh, it's all uh, retro game consoles. Uh, uh, they have pretty much everything, you know. But it's it's like um, uh, tons of different gaming, uh, pinball, retro arcade, uh, lots of guests and stuff. So I did the art for last year's show and. He was like, do whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do like a centipede with like Atari joysticks and like all kinds of, I'm a big, I, I love that 80s art, you know, like uh -huh. late 70s, early 80s, like awesome. artwork, like the cabinet art is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And like the, the NES getting a boxes. a game from my house, like, you know. Like that is why you play the game. Like that's yeah, why you, like, box and, like yeah. who thought of Karnov beyond the idea of like, what kind of a Russian tumbler looking dude shooting fireballs at, at yeah, pterodactyls. Yeah, yeah. Like, like who thought of those games yeah. of like those original, like. NES games like I was making a joke yesterday that Crystal Castles is just like a bear that got lost and is just like doing meth like it's just Crystal yes. like yeah. he's just high running around like yeah. Crystal Castles is a ridiculous idea for a video game yeah yeah on the original well, Atari know, 6, 2600 a lot of weird. the dudes have you seen that Atari documentary uh, they, they, what, what, what's let me I gotta think of the movie but there's a documentary but uh, it's about the E.T., uh, the worst oh, game ever. Uh, you know? uh, Zach Penn directed it. It was about the uh, one where they go and they unbury the cat. Yes, the, the, the that's it. That's I it. did what? see it. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Zach Penn like, wrote like the X-Men movies. Oh, Zach really? Penn is yeah. like a comic book guy oh, who yeah. writes oh, these, a lot of these comic book movies. Yeah. And he made this documentary about unearthing the mystery of all the E.T. like cartridges that got yeah, buried yeah, yeah, out yeah. in New Mexico. And the guys that worked for Atari at the time were all like, 
they had like the best time, but they're all just like partying and like trying to hide stuff in the games. It's so cool, you know. But so I think, neat, like, you know, like, but I think that's also like the culture that gave us Doctor Strange and the Silver Surfer and all those '70s era, like card, like like comic book characters, where it's like, wait, what? Doctor Strange is a trip. Like the Silver, like Silver Surfer is a trip, and you realize, oh yeah, they were all hippies. Yeah. Like they're all like yeah. post hippies or hippies, and they're all just like partying and making comic books or making video games and just doing all this stuff that like is our dream job and now you're doing it yeah it's insane yeah. dude yeah uh, a lot of fun dirtydonnie.com yep to I see got, your artwork I got what? a YouTube channel too it's Donnie TV like it's uh, D-I-R-T-Y then capital T capital V uh, I'm giving away a poster every week on my channel for I don't know the next month or two for the rest of the summer it's awesome uh, it's a fun channel it's just me traveling and at home drawing and doing tutorials and give me that you, give me that YouTube again it's uh, youtube.com forward slash Donnie TV so it's D-O-N-N-Y lowercase and then capital T capital V Done. Yeah, and then done. at dirtydonnie.com is my, my website. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Dude, done. Yeah, come say hi, guys. Dude, yeah, thanks yeah, for yeah. coming on the thanks show. Thanks for having me. Geekscape, yeah. subscribe yeah. to the channel. Win yourself some posters. Tell them Geekscape sent you. Um, I wish you guys could see this. I got Maybe I'll put it up on the... Uh, if you guys Wherever you guys see the episode, I'll put up some of the artwork. Um, but, dude, thank you so much for Thanks for having show. me. I appreciate it. Awesome. it. Yeah, yeah, good talking to you. That was it, Geekscapist. The 2018 San Diego Comic-Con Spectacular. I hope you enjoyed it. Just to let you guys know, all of the t-shirts that we premiered at the booth uh, are up now in the Geekscape online store. So that's the Don't Hate Create shirt, the Wyvern shirt, and the 3D shirt that we premiered last year but got better versions of this year. Um, all the new t-shirts and the old shirts are up in the Geekscape online store. So go check those out. Um, thanks again for hanging with us for 12 years. It really means a lot to me and keeps us going. Uh, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up for Geekscape in the near future. Uh, and, of course, into the beyond. So stick with us. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a review on iTunes, wherever you pick up your podcasts. And just stay tuned. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. And I really appreciate you helping out and getting us through this year. All right? Peace. <laughs>